The Pelicans have blown eight double-digit leads this season, and it feels like something that could doom the team, but it might not actually be as bad as you think. Plus, more trade rumors linking the Pelicans to Jared Allen. Is it time to make a move? It's Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Thursday, game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is very appropriate given some of the trade rumors we've seen in the news the past day. We're talking Jared Allen of the Cavs, future center for the Pelicans. We'll get into that in the third segment of today's show, but I want to look at the team blowing f- double-digit leads like they did the other night to the Memphis Grizzlies blowing it it was 19 and a half time 24 point lead that they had um they got to stop doing this let's look at what's going on with that why it's not as bad as you think and then adjustments the coaching staff can make and of course thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day we are here monday through friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this pelicans team please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on youtube we are the number one pelicans podcast we passed two million views on youtube alone which is a wild number to think about. That's thanks to all of y'all. And of course, be coming every day or listen Monday through Friday to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So I want to get into blown leads with this Pelicans team. I just taped something for a local TV station here. We'll go into details on that yet because it hasn't aired. And the host was asking me about them blowing these leads. And he said, how many have the Pelicans blown this season? And I had looked this up last night. They have eight double-digit leads this season that they have then lost and lost the game. And then lo and behold, Reddit, as it often does, comes through here. And this is point uh, posted on the NBA Reddit um Sub at uh, the NBA subreddit, um, and it's great. It, it mentions that the Pelicans have blown eight double digit leads in only 28 games, and then does a deeper dive on Willie Green and how he could be holding the Pelicans back. I'm not gonna get into all that because I do think some of this is a good post, and it's worth going to check out the NBA subreddit to read. However, I do think it goes a little bit overblown and misses the point on a few things, but it's actually really good and kind of eye-opening. But I want to look at, and I'll use some of the data that they put in there, so I wanted to give them the proper credit for this. It's, when you look at the double-digit leads, or double-digit leads that they've lost, they have 12 games that they've lost this season, 16 and 12. Eight of them have been blown double-digit leads, so two-thirds. That's a high number, and that is concerning, Right. Yes and no. There are some games where they've had a double-digit lead and then they get run out the building, and some where they've had a double-digit lead and the game is close. And I think while that Memphis Grizzlies game the other night was disappointing, you know, you you don't want to overreact necessarily to one game, but then you look at this and you go, eight games, right? Well, not so fast just yet, right? The Pelicans had a 24-point lead against the Memphis Grizzlies. They lost by two. It was a winnable game in the end. Should you blow a 24-point lead? 
Probably not. But also, this version of the NBA, like a 20-point lead is like a 10-point lead from a couple of years ago. And I don't think anyone would call a 10-point lead safe. 24 in the first half can definitely be overcome. You can also hold on to it through a variety of ways. But that was a winnable game, right? Against the Bulls, they had a 10-point lead. They lost by six. It's still relatively close. The Jazz, they had a 12-point lead, lost by two. Very winnable game. Jazz, again, the the first game there, 14-point lead, lost by five. Winnable. Timberwolves, 14-point lead, lost by one. That's winnable, right? Then you look at the Houston Rockets game, 10-point lead, lost by three. You know, the concerning ones really are the Denver Nuggets where they had a 20-point lead, lost by 18, and then the Atlanta Hawks where they had a 10-point lead and lost by 18 as well. But when you look at some of these, they have been close in the games that they've led. You build a big lead to withstand runs by your opponent, knowing that you're likely going to slack off a little bit and they're going to get back into the game. You'd like to close the door on those teams, and maybe this team is missing some of that killer instinct, and I think you could say that. And the coaching staff, which we'll get into in the next segment, is doing them absolutely no favors. I agree with that for the most part, but maybe not in the ways that you think. I don't see these eight blown leads as bad, right? One bounce of the ball different, you win that Grizzlies game. You win one of the two Jazz games, right? You could beat, could have beaten the Timberwolves where they didn't have Zion Williamson. You should have beaten the Rockets. That's four of those eight. Half of them, they easily could have won. That actually isn't as, to me, makes this, to me, that doesn't make this sound as bad as eight double-digit blown leads, right? They lost by 10 to the Grizzlies the other night. Then we're talking a 34-point swing, and that isn't good. But here to lose by two, I don't know. They had a chance. You know, if you get a stop on that final possession, you can go to overtime, you can win the game. If CJ hits one of those shots, you could win the game. You know, it's minor tweaks, really, really minor tweaks in a couple of these games means you win. I don't necessarily care if you win by 10 or 1. Get the W, right? That's why we're giving this team credit for beating up on bad teams on that mini three-game road trip that they had. So I do think that while eight blown double-digit lead sounds bad. Four of them are bad losses. The other four are one or two little things that just don't go your way, and that's how it goes over an 82-game season. There's a large you know, amount of variance in things and variables that can happen, and if the Pelicans clean one or two little things up, they could have four more wins, and you'd be looking at them being what? What's that make them? 18 and... I can do the math. 18 and 8? They'd have a, you'd be one of the better teams in the league at that point. I haven't looked at the standings today, but I would assume that would put them second, third in the Western Conference at that point. It's all very doable for them. And if the coaching staff is willing to look themselves in the mirror and figure out some of the tweaks they need to make, or, or third segment coming up, roster changes that just fit this team a little bit better, I think this team could be very good. So that's the optimistic side of this. But on the flip side of it is, look, this could hold them out of the playoffs, like absolutely could hold them out of the postseason if they don't actually get it figured out, right? If this continues to happen, continues, continues, it's going to show they're not making progress in the areas they need to make progress in. We've talked about it. The rotations need to be better, right? You need more shooting out there. Maybe it's time for Hawkins to come back in. Rebounding is a problem. Is that a players? Is that a staff thing? Is that you know, uh, roster makeup thing. All of these are valid questions to ask. So 
the blown leads, I don't think are as dire of a thing just yet. It's frustrating, but if this team keeps growing and figures things out, these should stop happening. They might not win by 20, might not win by 10, but they might win by five, four, two, one. But the wins, the thing might mean you don't have a lot of faith in them, faith in them in the playoffs. That's fair. But I don't think it's as bad as people at the, in the moment are making it out to be. But they do need to make some changes, make some tweaks. Let's talk about what Willie Green and the staff need to adjust. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm here to talk to you about eBay Motors because our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. All right, Grayson Allen with Bradley Beal out again. Allen should see strong minutes and a nice increased usage role for the next couple of weeks. We mentioned James Wiseman earlier in the week. Definitely want to pick him up. Isaiah Stewart is hurt and Wiseman has produced the past couple of games. Confidence in him is low, but the numbers and opportunity appear to be there. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. I work on all of my cars. You need your parts to fit. Otherwise, it doesn't go on, doesn't work, you can't drive. And your vehicle, which you pay for, is just an expensive like lawn ornament at that point in time. So that's why I go with eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever it needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, my favorite part of this, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your vehicle on the road over at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, the number one Pelicans podcast out there. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube where we just went over 2 million views lifetime for the channel. Y'all are big Pels fans. I love it. Thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans part of your day. It means the absolute world to me. So we just went over. Oh, sorry. Let me do this one here. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, so we just went over them blowing leads. Very clearly, you saw some of the issues that have come up time and time again in that Memphis game. There is a reason why they blew a 24-point lead, 19 at halftime. It was obvious. There were bad rotations that were skewed far too defensively that just generated no points. Look, you do need a balance of offense and defense. They struggled with rebounding, giving up 17 second chance points to the Memphis Grizzlies. That's not going to get it done. And they couldn't decide what they wanted to do and just had kind of seemingly weird, questionable decisions on how to guard John Morant. Like they almost weren't prepared or that like the the plan they went in with was incredibly wrong. And I agree with all of those things. And those have come up. But as I've said, one minor tweak to one of those three things 
probably wins the Pelicans the game, right? They need to definitely, so a couple things the staff I think needs to do, right? One, they need to fix the rotations. Willie Green even said this after practice yesterday. Said, look, you know, there's probably things we can do to make these rotations better. Instead of putting out like zero shooters or one shooter, you need two or three, particularly with Zion Williamson, right? Zion needs space. That lets him be a 70% score at the rim. That lets him get fouled and go to the line, taking free throws. Those are all really important things. It makes Brandon Ingram's life easier too. Space around him means those mid-rangers aren't going to be as contested as much, and that lets him get those off even easier, and that's when I like him shooting those shots. Spacing is important. That is the rotation. It might be time to put Jordan Hawkins back in. Look, Najee Marshall has his moments out there when he really helps the team, but I can't say that he is the most skilled NBA player that has ever existed. And there's games when he doesn't help you at all. At this point, put a shooter out there that at least teams respect. Jordan Hawkins is on the scouting report. And speaking of the scouting report, this is something that Antonio Daniels says all the time. Know your personnel, right? KYP. Yeah, that's that's what it is. KYP. You know, for John Morant... When he looking at his shot chart, well, he didn't really make anything outside of like the restricted area, like barely did if he did at all in that game on that final possession. Why aren't they trying to wall off the rim? Why are they not trying to wall off the rim when you knew he was going to take that shot and he was going to book it? Right. Why aren't you sagging off of him? Why do you have Herb Jones pressing the point of attack right there? Let him pass again. Let anyone other than John Morant beat you. Jaw, who had been scorching hot in that that second half, is not who you want taking the last shot. Let anyone else do it. And I don't know. It just didn't seem like the Pelicans were ready for what he was doing. Right? There were ways to prevent that. Look, teams prevent Zion from getting to the rim. You can prevent John Morant from getting to the rim. That's kind of how this Pelicans defense thrives. Keep that in mind because I want to talk about that coming up in the next segment when we talk about Jared Allen. Right? Know your personnel. Know your opponent personnel. I don't know if that's how it works, but or if that's the same. And it doesn't seem like this team has. There have been multiple times where they're just letting the opponent kind of do what they want and not doing anything to disrupt it. And it's like, yeah, your your game plan isn't working. Do something differently or have a better one in the first place. I don't know whether that's more film review, more scouting, what have you. Not that there was any on John Morant so far this season, but come on. That's a big reason why Memphis won that game was just jaw getting whatever he wanted and the Pelicans not really doing throwing tons of different coverages at him. They threw different guys at him, but not really tons and tons of coverages at him. And at a certain point, when do you need to make that sort of adjustment, right? So, so far we've covered, put more offensive personnel out there to hit some shots. Look, Zion gets going more in that second half. This game goes an entirely different way. Right. And more spacing is definitely going to do that, or at least more three point attempts, which they still struggle to take. Well, then put more shooters around Zion. So within teams wall off the rim, you can pass it out. Know your opponent's personnel, know how to defend them best. And we did not see that from this team in the second half as well. It's also find a rebounder or commit to team rebounding instead of trying to get out and run. Right. This team needs to. Look at fighting harder more for defensive boards. They've improved. They've improved 
as the season's gone on in terms of defensive rebounding. They were struggling for a while. They're now up to 11th, but that game where you had 17 second chance points and nobody other than Jonas was doing anything, right? No one else had more than three defensive rebounds. You need to commit to that side of the glass, and it might mean throw more bodies at it, which means you're not going to get out and transition and run as much. But getting out and transition and running when you don't actually get the rebound doesn't do you any good either. So it might mean they have to slow it down in the half court, which thus then means you need more shooters out there on the court so that you can play half court offense. These are some of the big things this staff really needs to look at doing. And if they start to do that, I do think that they can try and fix what they have here. I don't think things are dire with the Pelicans just yet. I got a couple texts from friends, you know, the day after the game being like, is it time for Willie Green to go? And it's like, no, I don't think so. You know, even with all the mistakes that he's making and they need to make these adjustments we just listed here, you're still 16 and 12, seventh in the Western Conference, right? You have the 12th best defense, the 16th best offense. The offense has been trending at least in the right direction. The defense has been borderline top 10 all season long. You have the 11th best net rating here. Like things are going relatively well still for the New Orleans Pelicans. They've beaten some very good teams, right? They've lost to some teams they shouldn't. That happens over the course of an NBA season. That's why a game like this is going to happen to almost every single team out there. You know, the Celtics just lost to the Golden State Warriors, who have been basically pouring dirt on their grave for the past week or two. So when I look at this, I don't want to freak out to this one game compared to this one game. I don't want to even freak out to eight games of blown double-digit leads when you look at four of those and it's like, oh, it's not as bad as you think. Little tweaks. It doesn't necessarily need to be wholesale changes, but it's on the coaching staff, it's on the players, it's on the front office to make sure those get implemented, right? One of the things someone asked me or even said to me, like, well, I like how this team takes accountability for it, right? Like CJ said, he's got to hit those shots. That's all words till you do it. That's not cool. You take accountability for it. Then what are your actions after that, right? You know, CJ probably needed to get more shot attempts and more offense run for him in the second half of that game, too. And the fact that they didn't feed kind of the hot guy there is kind of surprising and did lead to this loss as well. So, look, it's one thing for Willie Green to say we need to make better rotations, but he's got to give up then these bad habits of relying on the same guys that he just likes to rely on because we presume they remind himself of him. So if he does that, then I'll listen to those words. But other than that, I don't really care what anyone with this team says. Cool, you acknowledge what the problem is, but you haven't changed it yet. Change it. Simple as that, right? It's one, you know, I'll tell a story. I don't know if he listens to the show. It was a, a guy who lived with me over a summer. He was still in college, maybe? I was out. And I come, uh, he's out drinking. I get woken up one night. And he's in the kitchen and he's like eating like my leftover dinner and like munch, he's wasted, slamming it into his face, right? And I'm like, dude, like stop. That's like my food. Like don't do this. Like put it down, go to bed. You're drunk. Like you don't come in and just do this. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Jake. I'm so sorry. And then he takes another bite of the food. And I'm like, dude. And then he's like, no, no, seriously, this is my bad, my bad. I'm so sorry. And then he eats more of the food. And it's like, are you actually sorry and willing to stop? Or are you just going to just say this and it's just words because you think it's what you should be saying, right? It's a weird analogy for this one. But it kind of applies to this team. Stop saying it and just do it, please, and stop blowing these double-digit leads and win some more of these games and everything will be fine. And then everyone quiets down. Or just make a trade. What about that? Just make a trade. Go after a guy like Jared Allen because we just heard the Pelicans link to him 
again, do I think it's a good idea? Do I think it's a bad idea? What do I think of all of that? Is it even realistic? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, whether or not you or your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. I'm a big believer in therapy. I'm, I use BetterHelp, actually. I think it's great. And it's not just for people who've experienced like significant trauma, right? It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, basically just empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I love about it is it's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to my schedule. I don't have time to drive to a doctor's office, sit in a waiting room, go in and then drive home. I can just be here working appointment time, hop on, get off, and get what I need. So all you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So in the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, whether it's the wins, the losses, the eight blown double-digit leads out of 12 total losses. All of that we covered here at the Locked On Pelicans uh, podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Become that every day or listen Monday through Friday and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. So let's get into something a little more fun than blown double-digit leads. Trades, we all love those, right? Yay. So we've heard, look, we know that the Pelicans have been looking to upgrade their center position. And in this game against Memphis Grizzlies, when you don't close with Jonas Valanciunas, because again, defensive liability, that's why they don't want him. He just can't defend in space and fit what they want to do. You know, even though I think he's been as reliable as it gets, very good for this team. And I said, he's to me, he's kind of borderline untradeable unless you get the right guy for him. Like, I would not do any sort of salary dump or anything like that involving Jonas Valanciunas. I would want an upgrade. Jared Allen, per Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, says the Pelicans have called. And as we all wait to see what the Cleveland Cavaliers do, faced with a myriad of injuries right now, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley out, do they kind of blow it up assuming that Donovan Mitchell wants to leave and that is going to just bolt for another team, you know, the moment that he can. And I'm not sure that the answer is that they're going to do it yet, but look, I love Jared Allen in this game that they just, do they win? They beat the Utah jazz. He had 17 points, eight rebounds. He can definitely have enough offense for you. He's a play finisher. He's more of a pick and roll, big man, more of a lob threat than Jonas Valanciunas is. You're not going to kind of run the offense through him like you can with Jonas. And we've talked about how Jonas is setting screen assists, using dribble handoffs to create space for Zion Williamson. You can do some of that with Jared Allen, maybe not as much with Jared Allen, but he's a much better play finisher. And you could easily see Zion Williamson driving and lofting up a lob for Jared Allen, not something they can really do with Jonas Valanciunas. I like that idea. He's also much more of a rim protector and defensive anchor than Jonas Valanciunas is. And this is why I think maybe the Pelicans would want to go with him. The Pelicans' plan right now is to just not let you get into the paint. 
they don't do a particularly great job of actual rim protection in terms of opponent field goal percentage at the rim. The way they they mitigate that damage is they just let you get there like as little as possible and are one of the best teams in the league at limiting shots at the rim. Okay, that works. But if you have a legit rim protector, and I don't think Jared Allen is like an extreme rim protector or anything, but he's a good enough one, and certainly Jonas Valanciunas is not that. Well, if you run at least a, a rim protecting, somewhat rim protecting big back there, do you need to sell out as hard on the perimeter to deny guys like entry into the lane, entry into the paint? I don't think you do. So does that mean you can take out an extra defender, a Najee, right? A Dyson Daniels, let's say, guys who are not contributing on offense and put in a Jordan Hawkins, put in a Matt Ryan when he's healthy and go with fewer perimeter defenders knowing that you have the anchor down low. And thus, you kind of get more defense by upgrading to Jared Allen and more offense because it just lets you be more flexible with the lineups that you run out there. And I think the answer to that could be yes. And that's why I think it's somewhat interesting to really go after him. Again, I think Jonas has been very, very good this season. Very good. Has been just in his entire time here in New Orleans. He's been as reliable as it gets. But it's clear that as well as he's playing now, they still just don't want him. So if that's the case, go and get your man, right? Like go and get your man and the guy that you want to get. And if that is Jared Allen, like go make the move sooner rather than later. Right now, you'd have to pay more than you would later. So it's going to be kind of mismanaging assets and things should you do that. But I'm starting to think that this is going to be an important thing that this team just needs to do. Like I definitely think they need to try and get the right type of player in this team to unlock them. The the blown leads aren't great. Jared Allen, if you had him, maybe helps you win like two of those. I don't know. That's like a rough number. But two extra wins here sounds great. You'd be at this point, what is it, 18 and 10? Oh, and I said earlier, so they'd be 20 and 8 if, they'd be 20 and 8 if they had those four wins, not 18 and 8, 28. Oh, man, that sounds even better. They'd be really good. Really good team then. They're close. They're really close, y'all. Jared Allen could definitely be the piece that unlocks it. You're looking at probably giving up two first-round picks and matching salary. He makes $20 million a year. You're committing to pay the luxury tax. That limits what this team's going to be able to do in the future. But if you think Jared Allen's the missing piece, like go and get him. Just get this done with what you need to go out and put the best team on the court. Be fun, win games, get people hyped about you, and start making a run in the Western Conference because, look, there's no dominant team this year. West is good. These teams are all beating themselves up, which is preventing a dominant team from forming or kind of taking the, taking the top spot. But they are, this team has talent here. A few minor tweaks, whether it's players, whether it's coaching adjustments, whether it's just simply guys playing better, is going to go a long way towards really solidifying this team as a playoff team and not a uh, play-in tournament team. I keep getting that in the in-season tournament. It's kind of confused when I speak. So go and get your guy if this is the guy that you want. We'll see. We'll see how they play and if they can get this win, though Zion is out, potentially going to be out with illness. Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels as well, I think, all facing illnesses that might, must be going on around the team. So it's going to make this game a little bit harder. We'll see. That's why you play the games, though. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow to recap the game.